Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, once again joined by Kieran Fletcher and the matchup we'll be getting into this week is 2001's Trading Day versus 2013's Two Guns. A Denzel derby, a second look at Trading Day and hopefully an entertaining episode for anyone tuned in right now. Mm-hmm. Before we get into all that though, how are we doing today? Same as always, Mr. B. Let's just crack on with it. We did this with Keenan before, and we did have to have a word because I mean, one week I may have edited it out. I can't remember which films it was. Yeah. It may have been like a Master and Commander equivalent, mm. famously the most hated film on this podcast. Okay. And I think I said, "How are we doing today?" And he went, "Let's fucking get this over." With I've now. just, I, I've just got a lot going on in life, but the pod is something I very much look forward to. Well, and I've once again got a pint, so let's go. <laughs> as I said last week, um, things may change. A yeah. uh, reduced version, but we will kick things off with the IMDb game. Do this it. week, following the years of the films we'll be tackling, is 2001 versus 2013. How many have we got this week? We will see if you can go six for six. Okay. Last time I was on here, I hit six for six, didn't I? And then it all went downhill. Okay. Monsters, Inc. Mm. versus Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, fuck. That's an awful one to start with. I think they're quite tough this week. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to say Wolf of Wall Street only because it's Scorsese. 8.2 8.2 for Wolf of Wall Street to 8.1 for Monsters, Inc. Nice, nice, nice. American Pie. Yep. There's a film we're yet to do on this podcast, actually. This is the end. American Pie. American Pie. American Pie 2 it is. Okay. I'll stand by it. you stand by it. Yep. Okay. I've thrown you for a loop. This is the end as a higher rating. Right, Okay. <laughs> Partially my fault, I got a bit carried away with talking about this at the end. It's a 6.6 for This Is The End okay. to American Pie 2 with a 6.4. We'll put an asterisk next to that and we'll see if you can go 5 for 5. That's kind of That can be the extra credit. I This Is The End is a good film, but I think the American Pie franchise is pretty... American Pie 2 is the best one. Yeah, it's pretty iconic. I'm surprised it's not higher. Okay, yeah, all right. Shrek. Yeah, Shrek 1. Yeah. Seeing as we have to clarify yeah. with you now. This... The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Shrek. Smaug. Sm- but Shrek. So which one are you going for? <laughs> I'm going for Shrek. I'm just correcting okay. your Smaug. Shrek, 7.9. Uh, versus The Hobbit, 7.8. Okay. I thought you were going to throw Can me I get off. away with that in terms of like... Uh, Smog. I think if you hear someone say chorizo, <laughs> yeah, well, then it's like, <laughs> just say chorizo. I famously, Jesus Christ, famously said archive instead of archive once, which, uh, you know, when like, when you're looking yeah. through the archives, I said the archives, and my mate was like, what the fuck oh, there was one. Say? There was one I said before, and I remember saying it in the office, and um, instead of biopic, I yeah. said biopic, Yeah. and the person that corrected me, I was like, I can't have you proving me wrong. <laughs> 
And I thought, if I confidently say they're two separate words... You'd get away with it. I'd get away with it. Fake it till you make it. And then they were like, so, so what does that mean then? Because you're using it in the same, <laughs> using it in the same context as bar Straight pitch. back on you. Hot and potato like, right there. I've got a call coming in, <laughs> in, in my ear. Um, the Fast and the Furious. First one. That's what they clarified the Fast and the Furious. That's what the first one's called. No, there's about 10 of them now. No, then they become Fast and Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Don't exactly. keep Yeah, okay. Versus Man of Steel. Um... Oh, oh man. Mm. Man of Steel. Correct. Sometimes you just got to go with what, what feels right. Because I know Man of Steel was panned, but I know the first and the Furious didn't really get popular until a little bit later on. The they've, first one, people probably thought it was just a wanky film. They've got uh, Michael Shannon coming back for Flash, haven't they, as uh, General Zod again. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I saw Clooney's in it, isn't he? No, Keaton. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah. The, unfortunately, the rumour of Clooney coming back was, was fake. <laughs> really? A real shame the best Batman <laughs> is being sidelined again. Michael Keaton's great though. Great actor. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone mm-hmm. versus World War Z. Oh, it, has to, it has to be the first Harry Potter, surely. Correct. Okay. 7.6 yeah. to a 7.0. I also can't see World War Z without thinking of Cartman with yeah, the <laughs> I know, the little boat on the end. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> so, did you watch World War Z? Yeah. That's I've, one of those where if, if we come to that, you, it's just game over, isn't it? You're not, uh, not going to win that. It's not a Shaun of the Dead situation. I've I've said before, uh, yeah, and I know. someone saying how bleak it was. I said how I bleak it I don't know why they came to life. I would just immediately kill myself. I know. Me and you have had this discussion. What are you living for in that circumstance? Well, the zombie franchise is one of my favourite franchises. I love anything zombie related. I think well, it's the idea yeah, of I'll, I think it's the idea of humanity versus death. I'll be watching on from like a higher place. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, like um No, you'd be looking at I only ever really used to play it with you, um if you died on online Call of Duty and then you could just watch someone else's camera. Kill cam, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and no, cam, I yeah. just watch someone yeah, yeah, else yeah. and follow them around on the map or you're dead, yeah. basically, and the game continues. So you don't have any sort of zombie survival plan at all. He's just straight up. It's basically. Find sharp and jam I, in, yeah. I basically barricade myself in here and mm. then the second. So that's what you do anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the second I think, okay, it's getting a bit bad now. <laughs> Venice, I'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not sure how I do it. I think that's when it becomes real. If I'm like going over the plan of like, this is how I'm going to... This is, I mean, it's a very bleak conversation, but yeah, people that actually do themselves in, you've got to think that takes a load of bollocks to do that. People that chuck themselves in I also want to leave myself in the least zombie-friendly way ever, so maybe I have to blow myself up. Are you going to get the material for that? You'd have to dash yourself off. I mean, I'd have plenty of time. (laughs) I suppose. And finally... (laughs) Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. There's Captain Phillips. Um, um, Ocean's Eleven. Unfortunately, oh. it's a seven point seven for Ocean's Eleven and a seven point eight okay. for Captain Phillips. Really sank on that one, didn't I? There we go. <laughs> we will move on then to Training Day. There's some profoundly evil people walking the streets right now. I don't handicap myself with rules. You ain't no police. Stop that bull. 
can't be like this. I'm the police! King Kong ain't got nothing on me! <laughs> you never know, that's the point. Training Day. Rated R. Starts October 5th. A rookie cop spends his day spends his first day as a Los Angeles narcotics officer with a rogue detective who isn't what he appears to be. Slightly- <laughs> I thought you were going to say who isn't white. No. <laughs> Why the hell would I say that? I don't know. It's just the way that you said. No. <laughs> so Jesus. Carry on. Um. <laughs> Where did we go from there? That, 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 might, really, that really threw me. That might not make the final cut. Slightly different format. Yeah. Last time we did this, we did this standard trivia, critics reviews, all of this. You're not going to get the critics reviews. No. What we do have is some of the trivia, and then I'll just get your take on it because, okay. I mean, you've said something to me since that makes me think I'm going to be disappointed, but mm. there was a take that both Keenan and Jack had last time that had me up for days, and we'll see if uh, yours is different. Okay. Anyway, we're going to get into kind of the that type of film later, but one day here, Jake Hoyt, tagging along with Alonzo Harris, mm-hmm. smokes PCP for the first time, yeah. fought two rapist crackheads, mm-hmm. got beaten up by a Latino street gang, has yep. a gun pulled on him over 20 different times. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's beaten down by Denzel. He hangs off the hood of a car, manages to find his composure. You might need to stop squeaking that shit. I am sorry. And, uh, Getting really excited. Hands in a million dollars. Mm. I was going to ask you about that. We'll, we'll does he the... does he hand that in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sorry about the chair. There's there's an alternate ending which we'll get to. All oh, um, right. Okay. Casting first place. We will start. Yeah. So the first time we did this, both Jack and Keenan were of the opinion that Ethan Hawke. You slide this guy out. You slide another. <laughs> Pretty standard white actor in there, yeah. and we've got the same job going. You got your. Kind I'm of, of the holes. complete opposite opinion. I think Ethan Hawke. So even a hang with Denzel in this movie, with the Denzel is like floating in this film. The level yeah. he's on. Yeah, yeah. He's for really Ethan Hawke to do what he does, to do what he does and have a memorable performance that isn't trying to overstep what Denzel's doing. Yeah, is impressive in itself. I think this might take a turn when. I tell you who one of the initial considerations was because we have on here where mm. everyone has the kind of guys that they're willing to fight for. Yeah. Um, we had a whole a whole season where we were looking for roles for Hayden Christensen <laughs> before he comes back as Darth Vader, which I actually think was counterproductive, that role, because... Oh, I disagree. Well, you're not telling me that you have faith in Hayden Christensen when you bang him in a suit, he says about three lines in Kenobi. That could have been that's anyone. It, that's all it takes is three lines. Yeah, well, clearly not, from because has he got anything since? <laughs> well, he'll be in the second series. Have you seen Obi-Wan. his face since? I um, Yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with how Obi-Wan played out. I think... I, I Did I not tell you... I basically wrote a better ending to that. I'm pretty sure I sent you like about three paragraphs, which is where it, why it would have ended better. But that's just because I'm a massive Star Wars nerd. Um, so wait, what, I mean, what's the point you're making? You're saying that Hayden Christensen could could take? No, I'm no, I'm I'm about to get on to who one of the considerations oh, right, was. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, his one upcoming project is in 
Ahsoka, which you're probably going to tell me I've butchered the pronunciation. No, that's Anakin Skywalker. And it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Tobey Maguire was seriously considered mm. for the part of Jake Hoyt. You were going out to bat for Maguire mm. at least three times last week. Yeah. He, he even followed undercover narcotics officers in LA for two months. He gained weight for the role. Mm. We always say you hear all the stories about people losing weight yeah. so much that the gaining weight ones don't sound so bad. Yeah, that's true. Also, we had the kid from Bad Santa on here saying that he was asked to gain about £30 paid and then was paid to lose it after. So it's not a bad gig. The gaining really. ones, yeah, especially... It's not, a, it's not a bad gig. Just I can't imagine Maguire was gaining much to be Jake Hoyt. No. Um, yeah, he's quite skinny, isn't it? Um, I, also, I just, could see also, Maguire doing it, though. Ultimately, Ethan Hawke was Antoine Fuqua's first choice, and he's spoken before and said Fuqua had to try and convince the studio basically to take this guy. You think in the in yeah. the build up to this, he's done essentially a, a number of romantic, not even rom com films, but romantic. He's done, I think they were called like About Time. He's had a really, he's had a really weird career, hasn't he, Ethan Hawke? Like a really weird well, he, career. He is a he guy for a while who just truly loves cinema. Mm. So he's spoken before that he doesn't really have much of an interest in doing like a formulaic yeah. uh, Marvel. Say he doesn't have a desire to come in and be Cyclops just because we're going to speak about James Marsden later. He'd rather be like a character actor but and then, do these Yeah, things. but then he says that, but then he was in Marvel. He was in Moon Knight. Maybe. He, I did he think played, he was in one. He played the villain in Moon Knight. But he did do a big interview about that, about how he was given more scope. Yeah. So I'm going way back, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. about Moon, why his career is Moon weird. Knight's a bit of a different bit of a different kind yeah. of play for Marvel anyway. That's but just that's why his career is weird. He basically his career is he strange. doesn't choose the roles based on what's going to make him the biggest star or what's going to earn him the most money. He just So I've not watched um, I've not watched Training Day for a while, like years. And then I rewatched it a couple of days ago. And watching him, all I can see now, weirdly is his daughter. Yeah. Because she's Robin, isn't she, in yeah. Stranger Things? May, Mayor Hawk. And they do look... I mean, yeah. doesn't say they look the same, but they're father anyway, and daughter. It's quite literally the merge of Uber yeah. and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, she's... It's crazy. So I was just watching the scenes and like, oh, shit, yeah, that's her dad. Yeah. Uh, on the casting of Ethan Hawke, Fuqua said, there's something innocent about Ethan. He's such a nice guy, but there's something in his eyes that tells you he's seen something. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, as such, that must for an actor to hear that must just be like, oh shit, I love that. Thanks, because that's just going to sell his career, surely. In terms of the the what ifs here, this is maybe the biggest that we've seen for some time. So Denzel, no, oh. Eminem was offered to play rookie cop Jake Hoyt. This is mm. pre Eight Mile. He couldn't do it because Eight, Eight Mile, Mile was in development and oh. he signed on. You have to think if he stayed available for this. I'm not saying the film is Would anywhere near as good, but. Yeah. He probably puts his music career to one side if he's got this and Eight Mile in the pipeline. Yeah, this he, is 2001. Yeah, he yeah. like, he, he had like that would have least, been the that would have been so weird with the scene with him and Snoop Dogg as well. The I mean the, we got Dr. Dre. Yeah, Dre, yeah, yeah. The weirder one. Imagine him getting battered by Denzel. <laughs> yeah, that is strange. Also, the image of Eminem in 2001, him just getting punked by Denzel for two hours is just something that would have felt weird in itself. It just doesn't. I don't think it would have worked with Eminem. He's not the right sort of character. That he was um, was was he still Slim Shady at that point? Yeah, this is Eminem? this is literally right in the thick mm. of it. 
The um, what's what albums was he dropping back in two thousand one? This is like the M and M show time. Yeah, it wasn't even Marshall Mathers LP at that point. No, was it was after. So that's after that. Oh, they're like ninety eight. All right, okay. Yeah, it, yeah. It just seems it just seems way too early in his career, doesn't it, to be doing acting like that? Right, the M and M show is two thousand and two. Okay, so it's it's in between Marshall Mathers LP and the M and M show. So weird, weird. No, I don't think that would have worked. He's Ethan Hawke's great. He's great in it. Well, yeah, because he's very uh, unassuming. And I yeah. say that about how good his performance is, and some of it is that he isn't trying to s- steal the screen. No. Like, he's, there's a lot of subtleties <clears throat> in what he does. But then you, you think is that um, there's that thin line between an actor trying to show themselves off as an actor and an actor doing justice to the character. I mean, he does play this guy's understudy, I guess. He plays, you know, Alonzo's. Well, he's the rookie. Yeah. There's there's that point in the film where his character sort of changes. I think that's when he puts his hood up. You know, when he's in the car and he's really, yeah. really stoned. And then he puts his his hood up and then that's kind of when his character changes a little bit from like really, so yeah, that's really dweeby After they've to, gone to see Roger because yeah. he's telling him to have the beer. And yeah, to even him out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's also no point. It's like you're never going to steal the screen from Denzel. So what? No. There's no point trying. No. You, you see with some players sometimes, and you see it in, in basketball, like you can't have two LeBrons in the same team. You no. need a guy who's prepared to go in there and he's well aware, I'm want here to make you the look better. Yeah. And I'm here to assist you. And Yeah, you do have the, you've got the wingmen like that. I'm trying to think of what other examples there are. Well, like a casting you that... Kind of, you kind of have that a bit with... Um, James Franco and Seth Rogen. James Franco is not the funny, funny guy. No. Is he? He's the handsome one, and Seth Rogen's the funny guy. He's not doing a lot of these days. No, I know, I know, I know. But just off the top of my yeah. head, like what a, a casting that makes more sense. Mm. I'm, I'm glad. I, I don't think you could top the casting you get no. in this film. Christian Bale auditioned and doesn't get the role for Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. See that that completely goes hand in hand with what you just said about being the kind of the understudy because Christian Bale you think would have tried to elevate it above Denzel and then that probably would have created not so much conflict between the two actors but I guess with the director what he wanted to do yeah I think with with some of it what film is Christian Bale in where he's not the main guy American Hustle maybe I think he's he's still like the first name on the poster mm. alongside uh, Jennifer Lawrence in that mm. yeah th- this would be post American Psycho as well like yeah, that, that if, no, if that's like your first role after American Psycho, that does no, not work. It doesn't at all. No. And you always, it's always tough because he'd have hit the weight. He'd have, he'd have lost the weight and stuff because he was at that time he was up and down like a yo-yo, wasn't he? Also, whenever you see, so we know this comes out in two thousand and one. That doesn't necessarily mean it adds up with American Psycho coming out in two thousand because so much production goes into times, like yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, before Antoine Fuqua was involved in the project, Davis Guggenheim was set to direct. With Samuel L. Jackson, Both very funny directors' names. Yeah, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Detective Sergeant Alonzo Harris and yeah. Matt Damon as Rookie Officer Jake Hoyt. It would have been a completely different film, wouldn't it? Yeah, completely different. Matt I Damon at that time was just Jason Bourne as well, right? Around about I think that time. It's before, but I mean, yeah, he's moving into that. But the thing with Samuel L. Jackson, it's tough to look back on him now because. He's almost become. Uh, we spoke about Danny Junior mm-hmm. last week and how uh, Samuel L. Jackson you, plays Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah and he does. Yeah. Even when you look back, they weren't doing that then, but it would be like that now when we rewatch it. It would be weird. Yeah. 
Um, he Samuel L. Jackson is there's there's like variants of Samuel L. Jackson in different films. Even in uh, Django Unchained, he's still Samuel L. Jackson. Whereas Denzel is he is more of a character actor, isn't he? Well, this Alonso's, at the time for Denzel is something completely different. He's yeah. playing the bad guy, mm-hmm. but he he is a massive character actor. He's such a good actor. Yeah, well, he is such a good actor. Like, well, it's insane. I, I was listening to all sorts of him and just hearing the way Ethan Hawke talks about him and Ethan Hawke is... Just um, idolising him. Well, he's like a historian with cinema as well. He's going way back and mm. he says like, this guy should be being talked about as our Brando. Like this guy is... is yeah, I mean, is is Ethan Hawke a proper movie buff though? Yeah. Like yeah. a proper... Okay, cool. I never knew that. He, he, he's a sports fan, but I read an interview where he's like, films are my sports. Mm. A bit like Edgar Wright. He's the director. He's He's a lot like that. You've got to respect it. People that go into the uh, acting industry and they're not doing it just for the clout and the money. Like he, I, I rate it. He was speaking about, and I don't know if he's picked this up from somewhere else, and he was talking about how if the Oscar weighed different for kind of just like how big this is, mm-hmm. then he's like, this would have been like a £40 Oscar for yeah. Denzel on this film because well, it's just... And this, this is when Denzel isn't trying to win an Oscar like he's done these roles before this is basically him and it's almost like two fingers up I'm just this isn't supposed to win you an Oscar this role yeah he's just playing with it but then you love I love seeing actors do that it's like Daniel Craig when he played um, what's your man called in um, Knives Out Benoit Blanc he's just having so much fun with it like you and you can it really comes across when you're watching an actor and you can tell that they're loving that role you get it with um, like Ian McKellen playing Gandalf you can tell he loves playing it like you can tell he loves playing Alonzo he said one day and he was like I just know this is gonna. I basically have to do my bit, and it's yeah, gonna be to it's gonna be a him. hit. Mm. And he he said about how even just the presence of Denzel, he said there's no point anyone even coming on the set. And he said it usually sounds like you're calling someone an asshole if you like. Look, he's the alpha, and mm-hmm. he's like, but why would you come on a set and try and out alpha Denzel? It's just not. It's just not gonna work. Yeah, we, we and Keenan spoke about. There was a clip that went viral a couple of years ago, and it's Denzel in. Uh, kind of a neighborhood in America mm. and he's walking down and it's not big city where there's like thousands of people following him. Yeah. And he's on the doorstep of just a family and I think they're giving him some food or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, it's Denzel. Yeah. And he's talking to a kid who has no clue who he is. Mm-hmm. And he says something along the lines of um get a picture because you're gonna look back on this one day. <laughs> and it's something that like no one else could say and not sound like a complete asshole. Yeah, it's true. And Denzel's saying it and it still just sounds like he, um, the coolest thing in the world. He does he, he has done a lot, isn't there um him and Chadwick Bozeman? Didn't he like fund his I'm pretty sure he funded his drama school he, tuition or so no like something huge like things. that. I think it was it wouldn't have um what's your man called who played Killmonger? Um, Michael B. Jordan but yeah it wasn't Michael B. Jordan I'm pretty sure it was Chadwick Boseman and he like funded his drama tuition fees or something because he saw something in him he's just very self-assured yeah like in terms of personality he's one who you wouldn't like we were talking about last week if you saw him in the street you wouldn't need to approach him because the story would be enough to say I saw Denzel today like it doesn't it doesn't at the same time though I think he's one of those actors that can um, he can put a cap on put a jacket on and probably be in New York and get away with not being recognised. He doesn't have that flash factor. There was a clip of him smacking a reporter. Wasn't oh, really? Yeah, the, the reporter. I think it was him that the reporter tried to hug or kiss in the middle of an interview or something. Him? Yeah. Tried to kiss him? Yeah. Weird. Okay. 
on the cheek, but even he's still like, get up me and he starts to get the security over. Um, Mickey Rourke was Antoine Mm -hmm. Fuqua's first choice for the part of Roger, but the studio turned it down. Um, I can see it. Yeah, me too. It's just, uh, I I mean, the budget has to end somewhere. How do you, yeah, how do you feel about the whole Roger thing? Roger gets done so dirty. He does, and I liked Roger. I guess we we can get onto it now because a big part of this is we're supposed to believe that Alonso wasn't always this way, and they reference it a few times. And Roger even says, doesn't he? He says, "Yeah, like, uh, well, I was going to talk to you about yeah, that." He mm. was, he was, he was you once. Don't. Yeah. Was he though? Well, I there's a behind the scenes commentary with um, Antoine Fuku, and he explains. He says. Alonso was the kind of guy who probably one day couldn't make a case stick. And yeah. the next time he realised that if he just moved the goalposts a yard, then he could get the he case change, stick. Change and the that results. yard turns into 10 yards yeah. and that turns into 20. Shit happens. And that's, that's how, how you get how it here. Goes. Yeah, shit happens. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't look at it that way. I, I mean, I know there's references to him actually being the good cop. Yeah. But whenever you watch that film, because he's an asshole from start yeah. to finish, you just think this guy has always been a piece of work. He but- all but he all but has like a street justice tattoo and he's very mm-hmm. upfront about that. Yeah. Um I've always interpreted I've always interpreted him saying that, you know, this is what you gotta do as a way of kind of justifying his own sins. I don't believe he's truly out there mm. like a vigilante, like, you know, I'm out there to make a difference and because usually their friend is a good guy and Things aren't they? Look, I don't see him as that being doesn't a good play man. by the rules, and I have to get this done. I don't think Alonso is like that. I think Alonso is using that's his justification for maybe this. Is but ha- then you you have to set it in the frame of the day that we're looking at. So that training day is also the day where if he doesn't produce a million, yeah. he's getting smoked. So I guess his level is a hundred on that day. So maybe on a different day where the Russians aren't fucking after him, maybe he isn't so much of a dick. Like what well, I did, and I, I won't go over the whole thing again. I put a TikTok up yesterday. Just I was very pumped to speak about Training Day. Training Day, Training Day yeah, would you be, love Training Day? It would be in my top ten of all time. My mm. top five is constantly changing, and so the fact that I've watched this this week, it would probably be in my top five mm. this week. Definitely be in my top ten, and I think it's top five most rewatchable film of all time. I disagree with rewatch. outside of I disagree outside with of comedies. Um, yeah, comedies. maybe that's see that's the thing. Where, but uh, my my rewatch abilities are gen- generally comedies. But at the same time, Training Day is like it's quite a hard it's quite a hard rewatch. What's your most rewatched film of all time? Um, it's not just one film. It's the tril- uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. But I'll never again. I'll, I'll never <laughs> just watch one. Or that actually, be- no, 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 no. If I'm gonna no, if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna do one. One film that I rewatch a lot is In Bruges, because there there has to be a thing where, in the same sentence, you can't say Training Day is a hard rewatch, and then this nine hour Lord of the Rings <laughs> yeah, I know. is an easier rewatch. No, but do do you not get that? With I Lord think In Bruges is equally is depressing nah, and in Bruges, draining. In, no, and- in Bruges has got the it's got it's the comedy in it. It's the dark humor that I like. But with do you not have that with Lord of the Rings? Do you not just may, maybe I'm just a huge Lord of oh, the Rings fan. I mean, I've, every few I've months not, I'm like, right, I need nah, to do a rewatch. Nah. Yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch. Re- I'll. I will rewatch Lord of the Rings like three or four times a year at least. I mean, the the crux of what I was saying, the thing I posted was, we we go on this journey, and I don't think you necessarily see it so much the first time you watch it because you're just immediately drawn in with 
Denzel, the first kind of bit on the phone that we get, mm. kind of chuck that to one side. I think that whole scene is basically in there and the raid does a similar thing of, just Set, so you know, setting up, he's a family this guy man. has a family. Yeah, he's and a family I, man. The initial ending was that... What an absolute smoker she is as well. <laughs> She's unbelievable. Well, the initial ending was he was going to do the mm. collapse on his doorstep, what a day, and uh, all, all of this stuff. He wasn't going to die, but it was like... Uh. You start the day with him in the house and then you I don't, end it. I don't know how it ends. I know you said there's alternate endings. Oh, well, yeah, I'll the, get there. I, I always thought it was best left ambiguous. So, so yeah, but it essentially was going to be as ambiguous. He was just going to get through the door and that was going to, you're going to have the opening and closing. And I think that's the only reason we get this scene. Of him start. with the money? No. Uh, so it's just kind of, he's done everything and now he's home and it's like, yeah. And he'd probably, I don't know this, he'd probably have said something like, I've got to set my alarm for tomorrow. Some, I've got to yeah. go. I've got to yeah. go back. Okay. Um, yeah. Because they yeah. respect him in the streets by the end, don't they? Yeah, but I've got a question about what would have happened after, so I'll save it. But mm. we start at the diner. I'm going to speak about that scene, and yep. we just the character is brilliant. David Ayer is who writes the script, and for it to just be one guy, when you look now at how many people work on a screenplay, yeah, just be one <laughs> yeah. person is yeah. unbelievable. Well, it's and, a privilege now to, to get that. And for him to go through this right from the diner, mm. we're charmed initially because we don't know what we're letting ourselves in for. Because you I have, just feel sorry for him. I mean Denzel. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, no. I ju- I just feel sorry for um, Ethan Hawke for Ethan Hawke's yeah. character because I feel like we we've, we've all been there, and that's why I think it's supposed to be because we see any army film, we see a commander yeah. and he's like stand up straight, and the guy's like mm. he's a bit frantic, mm. and I think that's what you're supposed to get here. It's like a football coach or whatever. He offers him he offers him breakfast, right? Yeah, and mm. then immediately declines it. Yeah, 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 and just and then makes him pay the bill afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and so I think uh, starting there. And then it just slowly unravels, doesn't it? Because if Denzel goes into this and two minutes into the film, it's, you know, we don't pay for things around here. I've got this, <laughs> yeah. you know, and he's... The the journey we go through where he just gets worse and worse and worse I'd, and worse. I'd be fuming at the fact that he sets his alarm for five o'clock, gets up, gets that phone call, come through at what we're assuming about seven and saying, yeah, let's meet at 10. Well, that's the whole thing. Right I'd be from pissed. The jump, he's... It's like an extra three, four hours in bed. I mean, the the energy that Denzel has from a jump. He's got his glasses on, mm. his leather jacket, reading paper. Yeah. And I said yesterday, there's a moment where he crosses the road and it's like the traffic just wouldn't dare hit him. Mm. There's like a bounce at his step. It's the same as when he stops the car in the middle of the crossway, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the... Points, he points the gun at that pedestrian, that um, the guy driving the car is saying, just get over it or something. Yeah. He's, I mean, larger than life usually mm. is like you're saying how bubbly someone is, but. Chariz- charismatic, yeah. Yeah, we go from the diner and then we've got him. But then you always assume charisma is a, is a positive thing. I guess it doesn't have to be. I mean, look at it in like, uh, like Donald Trump. Not you know, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, but he's massively charismatic. <laughs> but he's massively charismatic. Like I think a lot of people would use that word to describe him. I think Denzel's got that quality where it's not necessarily not necessarily likability, but ch- charisma is is. Well, we immediately kind of... just want to see more from this guy. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. 
and it's different. But I, I have you watched Whiplash? Yeah, I watched that recently, very yeah. recently, and JK it's Simmons. in a different ways in it. But yeah. in with J.K. Simmons, like he's a bastard. You want to see more of him? Yeah, you want to, see, you want to watch him throwing like, symbols yeah. at students' heads? <laughs> yeah, and just the little subtleties. Um, the way he clacks his guns together when he's walking, all these little things are things that Denzel just added to the character that's already written. There's there's page. stuff that would shoot you up when he takes one of the um one of the crackheads and puts him up against the wall and he's and when he makes him repeat what suck my dick or something, he's like, is that what you said to me? He makes him repeat it and the guy is literally like the guy doesn't say it in the first place because he's scared. He then punches him in the throat so that he cannot say it, and then he's doing the whole gun things around his head. Tells him which testicle he wants to, to keep. He's a scary guy, like... A throat punch has to be one of the most ruthless things that you can get, because it's like... Never had one, believe it or not. No, I remember seeing a tweet where someone said, if you're about to fight someone and they leave with a leg kick, just leave, because nothing good is coming from this situation. Yeah, because you know they can fight, yeah. If someone punches you in the throat, just get the hell out of there, just get the hell out of there, because no ordinary person is leading with a... No, it's... Well, yeah, not deliberately. You could probably get caught with it if they're swinging, but yeah. And also, that's... that's sadistic. Like to punch someone in the throat, yeah. you can you straight up can kill them. Like if you crush their windpipe, they're they're gone. There's the one scene, and we're going to do that scene in a bit more detail. That yeah, Denzel is known for in this is King Kong got shit on me, and that was an ad lib, by the way, which is just something else on top of all of that. Yeah. He's got like quite a few other of these little speeches. The the pep talks. There's a point which. The after, wolf, the wolf one. After, it makes yeah, him howl. Yeah. After he's pinned the murder of Roger mm. on Jake, and then he's saying he kind of lowers his voice, and he almost has you convinced when he's saying, "You know, you got to do these things." Like I was in your shoes at one point. You know, mm. you got to get dirty to get these people to respect you in the car afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. you got to. And at the end, I walk a higher path, son. And the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, he's just, just yeah. money the yeah, whole yeah, way yeah. through. And it's this. This is the same guy that has had a shotgun pointed to his chest ten minutes prior. Yeah, and it's just that to him doesn't mean anything. And they gives him that slap on the back. But then, yeah, you do. You question it. You're like, actually, maybe he is a good guy. And then you find out that he has later set him up with the Mexican yeah. guys, right? And you're just like, no, he is an asshole. I, I do want to with Ethan Hawke. I'm. I'm not saying you have to be completely in one camp or the other. Are you closer to my side of this is a brilliant performance from Ethan Hawke or are you closer to the side of I could recast this guy? No, I think Ethan Hawke's great. Um, I could I could see other people playing it, but I don't know if that's credit. I, I don't think that's discredit to Ethan Hawke. I think that's credit to Denzel that you, you can't see anyone else playing Denzel's part. Yeah. But I think Ethan Hawke's part, I could see someone else playing it, but at the same time, that's not me taking away from his performance as it, if that makes no. sense. When you're up against this like monster performance from Denzel yeah. and you're expected to be the moral compass of the film, it's very impressive to not make it almost like a dislikable goody two-shoes role. And that's often exaggerated when we do see it in films with him saying, no, no, we've got to play this by the book and that. The, the fact that he can do this purely good, morally upright character and not make it boring, not make it over the top and just yeah. portray innocence in a way that really just sells Jake as a character and makes you root for him because there comes a point in a film where you do realise I am rooting for this guy over this 
Marvel in I think Alonso. I think uh, I, I think that is first developed though when he does jump out of the car, stoned and high on whatever, yeah. runs through traffic, and then it's all just to defend. And obviously he gets his karma for that at the end of the film. Um, but I I think it's it's that because then you realise that he is prepared to get gritty and dirty as well. But he's prepared to get gritty and dirty in the way that like you you don't see Alonso doing. Alonso gets gritty and dirty for his own benefit, whereas this guy, what's he going to get out of stopping those crackheads from raping the 14-year-old girl? Yeah. Just the fact that he stopped them, right? That's that's his duty. Because we, spoke- In fact, you see him get gritty and dirty before you see um, Denzel's character get gritty yeah. and dirty, so, which is quite interesting. Because we spoke about how in like a mob film, they yeah. usually, despite you knowing all of the awful things these people are doing, <laughs> the policeman they will have an actor in a way that just makes them so uppity that you or you the opposite mm. that you're still rooting for these morally reprehensible guys yeah. the fact that you can have a guy because Denzel is more charming than several characters that you'll see in Goodfellas and Scarface and all of these yeah. the Godfather and so on what's the one with um, um, Wahlberg and the departed. Leo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the fact that we still end up rooting for Ethan Hawke, and maybe it's just me saying this, the fact you do still end up rooting for him is impressive in itself. Like the way he handles moments like when he's offered the money from the takedown of Roger, he has this like half smirk, like surely this is a joke. Yeah. He doesn't need to say it all the time. He yeah. does the same when he's told to smoke. And he thinks it's just some lighthearted ribbing from Alonso. It just gets worse and worse for him, doesn't yeah. it? it? It ends with the point where he's like, point that shotgun at Roger's chest and, and pull the trigger. And then he does the whole boom thing. On it, Do you on, think Roger thinks he's about to get blown away as well? No, he's far when, too smug. Yeah, when he dies, you see that realisation. Well, right? well, he has the point where he says, you wait till Alonso finds out about this. And then Alonso walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Such a bastard. On the first watch... And this is why I think this does get better with a rewatch. It looks like Alonso is just kind of sizing Jake up as they talk in the early stages, like working out, is this a guy I can have in my team? But it just feels more sinister as it runs through. There's a moment when Jake says he'll do anything to be a part of Harris's team. And he has this smile that is just like pure evil on the rewatch. Jake says to him after Roger's killed, he says, that was murder. What we have badges, so it's different. And that essentially is... Tomorrow the, of the, the film. thesis of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um It is a do you know what? It it is a really good film. I just it's just not it's not in my top ten. It wouldn't it probably wouldn't be in my top twenty and I don't I I honestly don't really know why, because the acting's great, the story's great. I don't know, it just does maybe it's just the, the genre just doesn't Tickle my gooch the way it tickles well, yours. I was just looking around to see if I have anything to throw at you, but it's going to make a mess of my just, own room. Just throw insults. Um, I know, like, because you, you love all that sort of... Well, this is a... Good, good cop, bad cop. You love, like, gangster films. This is a 128-film crime bracket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, we're deep in here. The most we've done before is 32. Something well. I'm sure we can agree on, um, and that's Eva Mendes. This, <laughs> this is her no. first proper film. We're not going to agree on Eva Mendes. You know that I, me and you have different... What are you talking about? Her acting? No. You know that we disagree. Just her being a phenomenon. No, we disagree. No. She's not my type, is she? <laughs> I like... I like. should stop the podcast I like, now. I like girls that look sickly looking. <laughs> they look like they're about to die, pale with blue eyes. Like, like White Emma Walkers. Stone in Birdman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Apart from you've got your you've got your um, Rihanna's, you've got your um, Bella Bella Hadid, Gigi Hadid. Oh. But usually, I like just pale, sickly-looking girls. <laughs> On a Friday, I usually have a pizza. <laughs> On a Saturday, I have a burger. Yeah, I like both things. <laughs> You wouldn't find them on the same I don't menu. Know, I don't know what it is. Well, you might I, find them on the same menu, but not in a, not in a yeah. proper place. You probably would in Brockworth, to be honest. This was her first proper film, Eva Mendes. She said in a 2014 interview that it was her idea to be nude in the film. If you got she, it, flaunt it, right? She suggested it to Antoine Fuqua. She said, I've never had a problem with nudity, but I don't put it out there without a reason. I'm not an exhibitionist, but honestly, for my art, I'll do anything almost. Fair enough. Does she need... Okay, fair enough. Did, but does she need to be naked in those scenes? Not really. She could be in lingerie. I know you're not going to complain. And well, I know she offered it, so it's not like the director's telling her to, so you think more power to does, her. But at the same time, is she just doing that to further her career? Maybe. Does... What I mean, this Margo is a discussion and, and, I wasn't expecting, but I, I don't think the lingerie thing works in this. Because what happened with Margot in Wolf of Wall Street? Was that her decision? Yeah. To be naked? She said that she her you shouldn't have seen her character... Without clothes. clothed at first, she should have opened the film naked. Hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> even Mendes in this, the whole thing is that she's his side chick. Basically, she's up yeah, she in is. the jungle, as he calls it. And I think the the whole reason for her in this film is that to try and even show a human on the side, side he has the most beautiful woman you see in the film. He visits her. No, the most beautiful woman you see in the film is the girl at the start, Ethan Hawke's girl is is more beautiful who is she who's the who's the actress i'm telling you i was just terrified for a second because i thought you were about to say the girl he saves <laughs> we're back to spotlight again no 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 the- no this isn't it is i don't think and the one this at the is st- where it starts sounding like i'm being insulted i don't think the woman at the start of the film she's she's Mendes. she's exactly no she probably wouldn't she's exactly the sort of Woman well, that I go for. Um, she looks very sickly. She's very pale. Just let me know. She looks very ill. Let me make my point, regardless <laughs> of your point here. Her, I think the point of her is that she is the best looking woman we see in the film. Okay. She's just there and she's not even a priority for Denzel. He visits her at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He has lunch. He then leaves. Unfortunately, on the side with her unfortunately, son. Unfortunately, that's a reality. I, I, and, I know girls that do that. And yeah, he goes through her on his, on his lunch. And so yep, this is the whole there. thing that even this guy that we resent so much, he has the money, he has the power. And then on top of that, you got the he's got this as well. Yeah, I know. And the kid though. I mean, questions, you can question <clears throat> her acting. I don't think it's her finest performance. Should she have been more worked up when there's a literal gunfight in her apartment and she does not know where her son is? <laughs> she doesn't even scream. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I guess. You, you're kind of distracted in that scene because of the fact that he's got a shotgun taped under the bed, which is just cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to assume that And that the kid, the kid lets Hoyt in, right? Yeah, I'm going to assume Hoyt isn't expecting a gunfight because he Mm. tells him to just hide in the cupboard. Yeah, in the closet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the bullets start flying away. I know, I know, I know. Um, Even, yeah, well, Denzel does that. I keep forgetting their names. Alonzo and and Hoyt, right? Hoyt. Hoyt, okay. Um, He, even when he's talking to his son, he still pops a couple of shots from the shotgun at... Well, we don't even know that it's his son. 
He it says is. he has four sons, but I don't know if he says it that's is. his son. No, he, is. he, sa- he says He says, that's, that's my boy, I'm speaking to you, man, to man or something like that. Whilst the, the baby, the kid's looking at him like... Um, he speaks to him in España. This is a film that takes place all in one day. A training day, one could call it. Several other examples of this. is It's a format I do like in films. Yep. Dog Day Afternoon, not sure if you've seen that one we've done on this bracket. Nope. Al Pacino, robbing a bank. Nope, not seen. True story. Um, no. He's doing it to pay for <laughs> his... As in as in the, the storyline, not, not Al Pacino he's never robbed it, a bank. No. He, he's doing it, he's hidden that he's bisexual and he's paying for a sex change for his trans partner. This mm. is like a 70s film. Jesus. Um, true story. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, my all-time favourite, yeah. most rewatched film of all time. Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is very rewatchable. I'll give you that one. Breakfast Club, watched this recently. Not sure if you've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Probably my joint most rewatched film of all time. Mm. Daha with a Vengeance. No. Never seen that. You want to see Daha 3? Someone else oh, said. Die Hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah Die Hard. I thought you said Dar- Dharma or something like that. No, right. yeah. Die phone hard, Booth. Yeah. yeah, Phone Booth's great. Remember Locke? I do remember Locke. Yeah. Tom Hardy in the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Goonies, yeah. The Raid, the Raid. I've seen. The I've seen the first one. Not the, There's another one, isn't there? I've not yeah, seen the second Raid one. Yeah, Raid Two. In this bracket, um, <sighs> any others you chuck in there as your fam- favorite all in a day films? Um, as a warning, you don't want to do that into the mic. Um, <laughs> that, all, all in a day films. Um, what's the one? Um, the one with. It's not all in a day, but it's where the day keeps repeating itself. Ed- Edge of Tomorrow with Tom yeah. Cruise, that's good. There's also, there I mean, is an all in a day film where there's a bird and she keeps dying. You must have watched it. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Live, Die, Repeat or something like that. Yeah, I just can't believe I've asked a question of films all in one day and you've opened with I mean, it's not all in one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like the same day repeats yeah, itself. I'm trying yeah. to think of films in one day. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't, I can't we'll, think of anything. We'll move, we'll move past to a couple of scenes before we go on to our. Uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead Shaun film. of the Dead's all in one day okay yeah Shaun of the Dead's very rewatchable you don't want my thoughts on that film I love Shaun of the Dead and you should love Shaun of the Dead because we're both Brockworth boys so we did it on the we owe it to Simon Pegg um, who never responded to my letter no. <laughs> the diner scene we've mentioned briefly mm. look this guy's a family man fried eggs on one of those griddle tops always just looks so good yeah they do yeah they really do <laughs> That's that is the thing that stands out the most for me in that scene. It just shows that we're both fat bastards. It's just those two eggs frying. We we've heard Alonso be abrupt on the phone, but in person he does offer to get Jake some chow, as he says. Yeah. And then the first moment we maybe start to realise something's up is when he looks over his glasses at Jake and says, "May I read my paper?" And Jake says, "Actually, no, I'll get something sweet." And he says, "Hell no, you won't. You, you fucked that. that up." Yeah, you missed that. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then we get to tell me a story, which is one of the most rewatchable scenes mm-hmm. in the film. What does he, he say? What's that line that he says about lesbians? Liquor license. Liquor license. And we start yeah. to think, you know, maybe something's up with this guy. Yeah, he's a, you think he's a bit of a cornball. And then you, you realise he's a lot more me, sinister. You mean to tell me you had 10 weeks, mm. I think he says, with a fine ass bitch, and the mm. best story you can come up with is a traffic stop. Yeah, DUI. Yep. Um, it's a cool story though because he prevents a murder, doesn't yeah. he? He says that guy's on his way he to says, blow his boss's head off. You that, didn't you? You put it in the back seat. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. What's he say? Um, 
you've got a dick, haven't you? You've got two pockets, you line it up, reach into yeah. it, cash, pay, pay for breakfast. Yeah, that's a great line. We walk through traffic, the car screeched to a halt. We get to the car, tells him, take the menu off, which he later uses as a fake warrant. Mm-hmm. Oh, does he? Yeah, that's what he cool. uses as the fake warrant. Um, I never clocked that. That's, uh, I like that, that's cool. And then... The hydraulics. Jake says, so where's the office back at Division? And We're it sets up the greatest musical transition mm-hmm. in cinema history. <laughs> You're in the office, baby. Yeah. Arguably better than... Still Dre kicks in. And then the hydraulics kick in. Arguably better than any scene in Transformers where the cars <laughs> change to robots. It, when that car elevates is insane. We were, we were going to do a thing on here before of the other greatest musical transitions and we were like there's just nothing that is close to this I think the next one we did was the Pursuit of Happiness scene in Project X I'd again I'm going to throw Sean and the Dead straight at you where they're battering the old man to uh, Don't Stop Me Now an incredible scene with snooker cues and I think a lot of people listening to this would agree don't just mention Sean of the Dead I want to hear again just because you hate Sean doesn't mean everyone else hates Sean this is like um, ITV they don't mention BBC we don't mention <laughs> Simon Pegg on it. I don't understand. You're a Brockworth boy. He's, he's, okay. All right, we're done. Yeah. If you don't want like my thoughts on Shaun of the Dead, don't ask him about Hot Fuzz. Hmm. Arguably as good as Shaun of the Dead. Anyway, different didn't, pod. Didn't make the 128 film. Actually, it did. And it should have. Oh, did. yeah, that's that's a crime. It should have. It's it a hell of a shooter. It did. And then me and Keenan both basically said, neither of us like this film. Why are we doing it? Well, it was going to be that, against that is, and then that's I know sacrilege. Which I prefer of those two. That is sacrilege because if I was on air, I'd have defended Hot Fuzz to the death. And well, I mean, if you want to do Hot Fuzz and Kick Ass, I'll release it on here, but you'll have to do it with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Call T Care for something. Yeah. Um, the scene with Hoyt in the bath. The, <laughs> Such a weird. The, okay, yeah, yeah. The slow burn intention in this scene is so, so good. When you just know something's going to happen, on a rewatch, mm. you'll hear Denzel on the phone before Jake gets in the car. He says, just make, make sure, sure the bath's clean. clean. Yeah, make sure the bath's clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him handing his gun over, very out of character from everything else we see in the film. Mm. Um, horrible to watch. The moment you realise the car's gone and you hear the car pull away in mm. the scene as well, you're just waiting for them to jump him. Eventually yeah. they do. It's yeah, they just, ask him, they say, you ever, you ever taken, you ever had your shit pushed or something? Yeah. Like yeah. Something really just offensive and <laughs> horrible. Keenan quoted that on the last one we did, and mm. I took a sound bite, and I think it scared him into what he'd said in future episodes <laughs> because I just kept playing it in our group chat. <laughs> that character, Sniper, who is just making noises. Yeah, he's a loose cannon, that saying Sniper. Holmes. Yeah. And talking Doesn't about, know how to play the game. That whole making himself red thing, that can't have been direction from the. Uh, making it, oh, is it? Re- oh, yeah, yeah. He's when he's like bursting the blood vessels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember um, a kid in primary school said he could make his whole face go red and he passed out doing this. <laughs> yeah, you can. If you want the uh, technical term, it's called a vasovagal. But, but yeah, the, it I can't. I can't imagine. The director's gone, I'll tell you what, I've got a good idea. <laughs> if you Can you burst your blood vessels? Don't even get your words out. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. push so hard. It's like he's been constipated for about two weeks. Mm. And then he's just going in. We're both... We're both distracted by by the darts just then. We've got- <laughs> no, no, I was, I was waiting for you to follow up. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> it's like I was distracted the scene, the dark, sorry. The scene in the tub as well. There's some criticisms from people that, you know, and it's just a bit too convenient that the Percy has. That is yeah. literally the point of films. Like, that is literally... Yeah, there's, well, there's a lot of things that happen in, in this film and you're just like, you have to have, um, when you go into movies, I, I know the whole point of this pod is to dissect films, but like, there is, you do have to have that suspense of disbelief where you're like, would this really play out like this? What well, we did Zodiac last week mm-hmm. and we said part of the beauty of it was they left things, they didn't tidy things up. They no. left things hanging over the edge, yeah, but they yeah. were doing a colouring in, they were going outside the box. Yep. There is nothing wasted in this film. No. There is not one single thing. Every single thing someone says, every Doesn't single add thing someone does, picks up, whatever. As I said, the leaflet off the front of the car he uses a fake warrant. Yeah, that's like, great. I everything didn't, I didn't is know used what the whole way through. Um, and that's one of the best things about it, I think. You're talking about the, the Chekhov's gun thing? Yeah. Yeah. Everything everything that happens has to... Has to have a purpose. Have a, yeah, it has to be there for a reason. That's Otherwise, things don't play out the way they do. Because, yeah, it's like... It, yeah, it it wouldn't have... He literally would not be alive if it wasn't for the fact that he'd saved... Yeah. And if she hadn't picked up the phone, just little shit like that. Something that I, I love doing after watching a film like this, the guy that plays him, Smiler, uh, Chris Curtis, I believe his name is. Mm. I love going on someone like that's IMDb. Because yeah. Th- you know from watching that, no disrespect, they weren't going to go on and they weren't going to be starring in the yeah, leading role yeah, opposite yeah, yeah. DiCaprio in the next film. Yeah. yeah. This guy just has, for the 2000s, it's still up to now, mm. he just does your small role. Mm in big budget films and so he's in just like living out of it yeah he's in those like that like sunshine film in the in the early 2000s just before this he plays uh, Pablo Escobar in Blow <laughs> he's a he's, guy he's a guy from New Zealand he basically says he's one I of get them. a tan and I get cast as a Latino yeah he's one of them he'd just be like uh, just a Kiwi that you sat down the pub with and he just yeah. probably would have on his phone photos of him <laughs> with just the most insane celebrities he's like oh it's my mate Leo and you're just like what the fuck do you yeah. mean like yeah, yeah. You, you get I, I you get that. actors like that though. You do yeah. get actors like that. Um, Olivia Coleman was like that for ages. Just a job in actor, like just taking small little roles. Peaked in she, Peep Show, didn't she? Yeah. Well, yeah. Arguably, I mean, so she won an Oscar after that, or she won she won some kind pre, of yeah, pretty or soon. Or something. She won. Um, I think she got BAFTA for four Peep Show, but she got she has won an Oscar, which is insane for um, um the, the Queen or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, do you know whose IMDb is insane? David Tennant's. David Tennant has the weirdest IMDb. He just does... He's he's on, like, nearly every advert in the UK at the moment. I keep hearing his voice in, like, car adverts and insurance adverts. I, I and think his IMDb is in, it's just crazy. He just does weird fucking things. I actually forget the name of the character, which is a bad look. I actually think he plays the second best Marvel villain ever after Kill, Thanos. Kilgrove. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get Killmonger out of my head. So yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him in he's season great. one, yeah, Jessica he is Jones, great. He is just David Tennant's like, a phenomenal actor. Like, well, he just pops up at cinemas, doesn't he? And just he just watch. He just likes watching film. I always see him pop up where people are just tagging him in the cinema. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, one of my friends works at the cinema in uh, Richmond in the Odeon, and he said that he's seen him in there with his missus and his kids a few times. It's weird that um, for all the yeah. Doctor Who's they've had, he's the one that at least this generation is just like. He's well, just- his his son. I don't know. This isn't this isn't name dropping because I don't know him. But his son is friends with one of my friends, and he's an actor now. And he was in um, House of the Dragon. 
So he's probably going to go on to do quite so well. So I'll watch that. Because, oh, you need to. House of the Dragon's yeah. really good. Um, but he's one of, like, not the main characters because there's about 10,000 characters. But um, I think the actual family is quite artistic. Like, But yeah, have a look at his, his IMDb when you get five minutes because he's fucking insane. The last scene here that I wanted to mention, obviously the King Kong scene. Mm. It's so good because he just moves with complete confidence until this scene. Like he's not going to get smoked, yeah. Is it? Nah. Do you not think it's weird that he doesn't get taken out in that scene? Or do you think it is the, the think, rules of the street? I think it's weird that it's he, not beef he doesn't sort of thing. kill Jake when he has the chance. That's It's a, it's, a, it's not even a flaw with the film because... When he chucks him off the roof and doesn't finish him. Yeah, and yeah. because... Yeah. The whole thing is started because he's this ruthless guy who's just killed a Russian in the mob. Like, yeah. He's not going to think twice about killing Jake. Do you think maybe rem- there's that little bit of empathy still left in him where he thinks actually this guy could still be almost like a... Well, he just fired a shotgun at him in an apartment. Trying yeah, to <laughs> take true him say. Out. True say, yeah. So, that's the only thing. Um, mm. it's, imp- it's impressive that after being battered, Jake finds the composure to survive being to flung about in the car. Yep. And then he's just returning hands to Alonso. Yeah. Shoots him in the cheeks after he's saying, I know you won't shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't got it in you. Yeah. And then that scene just after it's, played I mean, back do so they, Do you think they let him live? Because they all hate him, right? Do you think they let him live? It's, I swear, it's, isn't it Terry Crews as well? Just like, it's, his first, it's his first role. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense because now you're just like, why the hell is Terry Crews yeah. just chilling well, a lot there? Of the, a lot of the characters in this scene, and I don't know if it's like it in this country, but with how a lot of the gangs are in America, you basically have to go and check in with someone and ask for permission to be in this area. Mm. And they went and checked in with the, the leader of the gang there. And he basically said, it's fine, but you have to give roles to my, my crew, basically. And so a load of those guys in the background are just gang members in the area. I can know, yeah. And... Because there's, there's the part where he's going up to the, the Mexican's house and there's them them two just fucking on the stairs and he walks past them <laughs> just like they're li- literally lying on the banister and she's just getting piped and you're like right okay well there's um so in in the area there the first time they get there and he says you know about this place don't you the job they respect me around here mm. because i put in my own work and the first guy says oh thank you alonzo for what you did for my nephew or something i fucking hate that yeah. yeah and then at the end because people ask well why don't they just kill him well they have the chance i think they know the Russians. They don't need. Yeah, they they know. Yeah, they they know the Russians to... are going to take him out. But because if you follow through that train of thought, you think if they do kill him, then the Russians will be after whoever killed him because they took their prize. Basically, that death scene is insane as well. And you just don't need a dead policeman on on your doorstep in your yeah. neighbourhood. Never good. The um that death scene where he's just getting peppered. And he's just like literally Harlem shaking, just up against the car. Like he's he, I mean he stays stood up for about two or three seconds whilst they're just laying into him with machine guns. There are a few lines I've ever heard delivered better than when he goes, "Oh, you motherfuckers!" Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Putting cases on all you bitches. Yeah, that scene is really good because you do think he's going to die there. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, what that's, he said, that's almost like the only red herring of the film. He puts you, the gun down and he says, "Yeah." Um, we put on our own work around here. Yeah. And then they pick it back up. Jake, he uh, said, you won't shoot me in the back. Yeah. Bang. Well, the guy, 
Yeah, because they've all still got guns on him when Jake leaves, and then the scene kind of ends, and you do think, you kind of think that scene is going to end where you don't see him, but you hear a gunshot, or you hear a few gunshots, and you know that he's just been smoked. And then when you see him just casually in the car afterwards, you're like, how the fuck has he got out of that? It's far more insulting, isn't it? It's just, you're not even worth... Yeah, let him go. And then you just see that, the woman in that Land Rover, and then you're like, right, something's up here. And then he gets dealt with very quickly, as if he's nothing. That's... like they just rock up, blow him away, and then disappear. Like, I, I don't want to go into superlatives too much. I don't think there's anyone on earth that could have delivered that speech in the history of mm. whatever actors you want to conjure up that could have done that individual speech. I don't think anyone could have done this role better. But yeah. the whole thing, you know, I run shit here. You just live here. At the end, when he's trying to exude the confidence that he clearly doesn't have anymore when he says, uh, you know, that's right, you walk away, I'm winning, I'm um, winning anyway, yeah, you can't kill me. All of you. Yeah, he's, he says I'm unkillable, yeah. But that's the thing, but that, like that's that's what makes that scene so good because then it if he, if he'd said all that stuff and then he'd just been, they just ignored it and shot him, then it wouldn't have played out anywhere near as well as the next scene where you see that he survived. And you're like, how the hell has he walked out of there? You're like, how how has he said all that stuff to these gang members and just disappeared? Like, you disloyal fool. Ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of these just quotables to protect the sheep. You got to catch the wolf. Takes a wolf to catch a wolf. Mm. His last line. I like. Are, yeah, that's a good. That's a good quote. Like what a quote. day! What a motherfucking day! Yeah. This shit's chess, it ain't checkers. Mm. Yep, very good line. It's just the whole way through. I don't know how many of these were in the script and how much of these were Denzel kind of improvising. Well, do you know how long it took them to shoot it? No. Because I think you can you can kind of tell watching it, a lot of it is improvs. But when you've got someone, like you were saying, Ethan Hawke basically idealised him throughout this. And if you know that you're playing... I mean, their scenes, they've got scenes with other people, obviously, but really it is just the dynamic between them two. Um, if you're working with someone like 18 hours a day and this person idealises you, you're, it's just going to give you the opportunity to just play. So they probably did five or six takes which are in the bank and solid shots which are, this is how we want it to play out. But then once you've got that luxury, you can just play around with I'm pretty sure Ethan Hawke did a lot of theatre work as well, which probably helps. Theatre is... Just feeling comfortable. Well, theatre is... The whole point of theatre is that it's different every every night. is a different show. If you do, if you start a show in September and finish it in June, it's a completely different show because it changes. Things adapt. The script changes. So yeah, improv is a huge thing in theatre. But then you get that luxury in film as well where it just takes one take which you've improvised and that's the scene that... There's thousands of, of scenes... <laughs> And he says... Uh, well, you improv it and you're like, that's the take. You ever need a son, you let me know. I'll hook your old lady up. I can't miss. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> like, can yeah. we not talk about yeah. my family? Yeah. yeah. I'd be the same. Because he... That, that... It's that point for me where he starts to cross the line and you're like, actually, this guy's a dick. <laughs> you don't speak about like... Well, he just said to him, let's not talk about my family. Yeah, and, and then he's just basically him. like, let me fuck your missus. <laughs> like, I just feel like, mate, fuck off. Like, Yeah, yeah. just... Unreal. Um, Antoine Fuqua, if you don't know his uh, filmography, he's directed another favourite of this podcast, Clive Owen's King Arthur. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Clive Owen's King Arthur. 
I don't think, oh wait, I don't think I've seen it. You're looking at me like I've just, of, like like, I've just shat on your like, floor. It's like wait. last week, last wait, week on. you, you were shooting, hang on. you were shooting a hundred, hundred percent from three point range. Um, this week it's like you can't dunk. <laughs> I've never watched a film before. <laughs> you can't. King Arthur, Stephen Delaney, Clive Owen, Kira Knightley. Hang on. Ray Winston, the Welsh guy whose name I can't remember, plays Lance a lot. <laughs> Ian Grufford, Tristan. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. I think I have seen this. I think I have seen this, but I thought it was Robin Hood. Yeah, no, I have I have watched this. I'm clearly going to have to rewatch it, but I have watched this because I remember Mads Mikkelsen. I should hope so. And Joel, Joel Edgerton's in it as well. I'll, I'll rewatch this because I, I, I'm watching the, the trailer now and it reminds me of Robin Hood. I mean, there's a point in the film where Kira Knightley's dragged out of a cage, severely malnourished, so it might be well up your streets. <laughs> she hasn't got the blue eyes. It's the um, blue eyes, Chico. The alternate versions, as I said, so... According to the commentary, during the rooftop fight scene between Jake and Alonso, mm. the reason why it was so violent was to show how brutal Alonso was and that he originally wanted to show a flashback to where the Russian guy died, but it never happened. So we used a fight scene where Alonso fought with Jake as an example of how the Russian was killed in Vegas. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, cool. The original ending... It does seem a bit strangely out of character that he does beat a guy to death, though, doesn't it? Oh, Jesus, sorry. All views knocked. I don't know my self dignity. I thought it was the I thought it was a drink. So no, it was a it was a uh, microphone. Um, uh, the original ending had Alonso getting away with his crimes, but Denzel insisted that it be amended so he gets his comeuppance. Nice. Yeah, cool. It's, I think he needs to die tough, at the end. Doesn't it's it? tough to do the bad guy getting away with it. It's very tough because in that sense, you need to play down Ethan Hawke's character. You can't have Ethan Hawke's character be likable or you need to make it far more dramatic and it needs to be a different tone film. The thing is with Ethan Hawke's character, so you get this kind of start, middle, end with Alonso. You don't you don't know what happens to Ethan Hawke's character and I feel like if he does... So you're saying he hands the million into the bank or whatever. He hands the million hands, into, so yeah, the, into police. He takes it in. Yeah, yeah okay. But then he's, you've still got um, Alonso's boys... Oh, I'm going to ask you about that. Hanging about, yeah. Because then I don't think they're going to let this guy off a hook, especially with Alonso dead. He Alonso was in that scene, even Hawk's safety, his bulletproof vest, basically, because they wanted to just blow him away right there and then. Yeah, it's like you, it's weird that he, that dude's not just going to go back to a nine to five without have, a gang or someone coming after him. You didn't have the answer for my last point, and now you're jumping ahead to my next point. It's not a very good way we're going here. I've also, you've also shat on me and told me I don't know anything about films <laughs> after not watching King well, Arthur. This is, this is I've got to do. Uh, right. I'm Denzel in the situation. Go on. This is I've got, get I've to, got it. to put you through the ropes. Go on. Um, I just remember you haven't seen King Arthur. Um, I think I have. I do think I've watched that film. The original ending in the first draft of the script was Hoyt crashing the pad of Alonzo's girlfriend and finding his training officer in the middle of a three-way with two young women. Hoyt shows him the money that Smiley was supposed to deliver to the Russians and tells him that there's a crew of hitmen looking all over for him. Alonzo then commits suicide in front of Hoyt. Say that whole thing again. Say that entire thing again. Hoyt bursts through the door of where Eva Mendez lives. Right. Alonzo, he's still got time before he has to see the Russians. He's having a threesome. 
With one of his boys? No, with Eva Mendes and another beautiful woman. Oh, okay. Hoyt shows him the money, says, I've got the money that was supposed to be going to the Russians. It's not going to make it. And by the way, the Russians are out looking for you. Yeah. Alonso just kills himself. That's shit. That's the that's the original script. That's shit. That makes no sense. That's I shit. I mean, it does if he... I don't know why the threesome buys there. I but thought, the yeah, point I thought you were suggesting that he was having a threesome with one of his boys and even Mendes. I was like, what? No. I think it was two boys, one girl. Oh. That's sh- no, that's shit. That's not that's, good at all. That's why it changes. Yeah. That's why it's the first draft. Yeah. So, there is a Ferris Bueller spin-off in the works from the creators of Cobra Kai. And mm-hmm. that follows the two guys who steal the car. And it's going to follow what they go up to on their day. Okay. Which of these spin-offs would you prefer... Okay. An Alonzo prequel from where he from where he becomes a dirty cop. Nice, yeah. That'd be cool. A film showing the events from the night before that culminated in him icing the Russian. Nope. The next day, Jay happened to look over his shoulder now that the rest of Alonzo's team know that he reported them, despite the charges not sticking. The whole thing through this film is it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Yeah. Um, you need to okay so th- is this we're talking a reality now in 2023 is going to be made or if I could take it back to 2002 yeah, take, yeah. Um, uh, I think you I think need I, would to prob- limit- I would probably say if I could take it back I've still got another suggestion oh sorry you need to limit Dr. Dre's part in that way he's horrible in this um, um, or a spin-off oh two more a spin-off with the Latino gang no, <laughs> stupid, no. Or a rom-com where Eva Mendes realises she needs to reevaluate the type of man she goes for now that Alonzo is dead. <laughs> she moves to she moves to the big city and tries to make it as a... Uh, she wants a Jake Hoyt type. Yeah, um, he's shown her what a real man is. Um, oh, fucking hell, he threw me off with the last one. Um, the Alon- Seeing Alonzo turn into a bad cop would be cool, but... Only if, again, if we're in this fictional world where, like, we could we could go back in time and do it as Denzel, because I'd want to see Denzel, yeah, being you, good Denzel to bad Denzel. Don't need the De Niro de aging stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, let's not do that again. Um, doing the whole seeing what happens to um, to Ethan Hawke's character the next Hoyt, day. Yeah, uh, it kind of takes kind of takes the piss out of the whole film being Training Day and then being like. What would the film be called? Training Day brackets and the day after. Like it's just no, we don't need that. Past probation. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like or day one. Uh, it would just because that is a very real thing. Like to be able to prove this, yeah. he does have shit ton of the, evidence. The, the drugs, yeah, on in his system. He does have these four guys that are willing to testify against him. Mm. All of this stuff. So it wouldn't have been a smooth thing to get by unless it's one of them where they're kind of like. Alonso, we know what he's like. But... Alonso's dead. Let's leave it there. Yeah, don't you, you do kind of wonder what he goes back to. Because he says, I think there is a scene where he's like, I'll go back to park, cutting parking tickets or whatever. Yeah, like, and then he sees the guy doing yeah. a, a traffic stop and that's when he, no, I, I can't do that. Yeah. He just wants to be a detective. I think it'd be cool to see the, Alon- to see the Alonso um, prequel. Yeah, but let's not mention that too much in case any Hollywood producers well, they, are listening. They, they tried a, t- and- a training day TV series and it just bombed. Good. Well, it just gets on my fucking nerves. They need to yeah. just leave stuff alone. Because there is... You can market that. You could definitely be like to a producer, watch Training Day, and they're like, oh, cool. 
this was great. Well, Antoine the, Fuqua the character... was going to do it originally. He dropped out, and they were like, "Oh, we've got the rights, so we'll carry on with this." <sighs> Fuck off! And you're just like, "Well, okay, now let's make Alonso this guy." But who are they going to have as the young Denzel? So it wasn't. It wasn't even with their characters, I believe. Mm. Uh, let's move on to our second film of the day. Yes, Two Guns. The bank was a setup. We got to figure out whose money that was. Well, like we're working together? No, not like we're working. Yeah. No, like we're working in the same vicinity. Together. Where's the money? It ain't down there. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> What's your plan? I'm capable of coming up with a plan. Make it rain. Two hardened criminals get into trouble with the US Border Patrol after meeting with a Mexican drug lord and then revelations start to unfold. The question I've not asked you yet today, what do you think the critics thought of this? Of two guns? Yep. Uh, I think they thought it was a pretty pretty fun shoot em up. Despite not owning an ounce of despite not owning an ounce of originality, <laughs> two guns more than makes up for it through the chemistry of Washington and Wahlberg. Yep, I agree. Do you not agree? Yep. Yeah. It's a slick piece. It's a. I can't speak today. It's a no. slick piece of escapism that gets by largely on its star power. Not a bad thing when that star power is Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Weird, weird, isn't it? Weird what Mark Wahlberg's come to where people are classing him in the same light yeah. as Denzel, considering how Marky Mark started. You know, we're gonna get there. He is. He is good. I actually think that uh, Mark Wahlberg's a good actor, but. He's very, you you know what you're getting with him, right? Yeah. It doesn't work at all, but it also works completely, you know. Perfect for a dumb August afternoon. Yeah, that's it. It's just a stupid film, but it is watchable. It's not bad at all. Two Guns is a fun, gritty, action buddy comedy action thriller that feels like it could have been lifted straight out of the 90s. Mm -hmm. And finally... By the climax, in which the duo literally shoots their way through torrents of falling cash, we're left to wonder if the whole film was engineered purely for that moment. Probably. I'd give you some trivia here, but there isn't any. (laughs) Actually, there is one bit, and I can't believe it's slipped my mind until now. Something that, as much as I enjoyed this film... During the film's development, this was initially cast as what would have been the third Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie. Oh, it's going to be those two. This was going to be <laughs> Owen Wilson in the Denzel role, and uh, sorry, Vince Vaughn in the Denzel role, and Owen Wilson in the Mark Wahlberg role. No, fuck off, stupid. Uh, it just would have been a different film. That, that yeah, feels more like um, Pineapple Express to me. We, it feels used, like anything. we used to have a feature and it would be, would this film be better with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson? And the answer would obviously always be yes. And then it would be where we would fit them in the film. You like Vince Vaughn a lot more than I like Vince Vaughn. I think, yeah, my answer for you is Stuntman at one point. I think we had Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn and... From what I've heard is a bit of a dickhead, no? Yeah, but it kind of. Not that I've, I, I'm not in fucking Hollywood. Just from what we hear on There's the podcast. There's no here in terms of like, <laughs> whenever I say from an interview, it does seem. But well, there's probably no better person to hear it from than from the source. Yeah. We, we spoke to um, a cast member from Dodgeball, and he said, "Great guy. Mm-hmm. Fine margins for um, 
what makes a good guy and what doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he said Ben Stiller was great as well. But ben Stiller, I've got absolutely no, no, I've, I've no got, qualms with. Uh, and you know where me and you disagree with Ben Stiller. Um, your eyes are gonna. Why? Your eyebrows are gonna go straight up as soon as I say it, because you've forgotten the quote, the infamous quote. <laughs> ben Stiller. No, Adam Sandler is a poor man's Ben Stiller. Who the hell said that? I said that, and you've always disagreed with it. That's not even like a bad, it's just a wrong claim. Adam Sandler is a poor man's Ben Stiller. I don't even understand what realm they're in that's the same, other than maybe Zoolander. We've compared them before. I think Sandler would have done a better Zoolander. Absolutely not. That is... Make stupid little noises. No, I'm well aware that Vince Vaughn, as I say that bracket, I wouldn't approach him in the street. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. The original point was Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, right? Yeah. Um, they, it would be a completely different film. I don't yeah. think this film would be any good with them two. Now, this is a buddy movie, buddy cop movie, whichever way you want to twist it. I've got some randomly generated combinations here. Okay. From actors that are around today. You tell me if you like the idea of them in a buddy, buddy cop film. When you say randomly generated, you put them through a... I've just basically... Got a lot of names and just random. Mixed them. Yeah. Okay. There's no thought in this whatsoever. No. Cool. Tom Cruise <laughs> and Antonio Banderas. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it could work. Something something along maybe like the Mexican... Span- Antonio Banderas is Spanish, right? He was Zorro. So. I think he's Spanish, <laughs> but maybe something along um, Mexican border or something like that. I don't know. Is that the racist? Rock. Maybe. And Sean Bean. <laughs> you want to see that um, film now, don't you? I can't get my head around it. The Rock and Sean Bean. It'd be interesting. It'd be a, a nice spin if it was The Rock that died and Sean Bean survived. There was a thing. There was the rumor that he. The Rock and that, Sean Bean. There was the rumour that he started putting that in contracts that he couldn't die in films. Oh, really? Because it, it was becoming He's the Sean Bean the thing. Gu- the guy that dies, yeah. Keanu Reeves and Danny Trejo. Um, nowhere near as weird as The Rock and Sean uh, Bean. No, that's, that's as weird gonna, as it's going to I'm get. never going to get over that. Yeah, I guess that could work. Gerard Butler and Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, I could see that working quite easily, actually. Steve Buscemi and John Cena. Um, that would have <laughs> that would have to be like that. That would have to be like a Q and James Bond sort of Buscemi <laughs> being like the forensics guy, and then Cena being like the muscle. Like it could work, I guess. Jason Statham and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's cash see- money. Yeah, I could see that working. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt and Idris Elba. Again, yeah, I could see that working. Batista and Colin Farrell. Um, that's another film you want to see now isn't it um, um, all Batista wants is to be taken seriously yeah I know but alongside Colin Farrell I don't know uh, that works do you know what if it does prove me wrong but I can't see that working Al Pacino and Tom Holland <laughs> like, what's this like a granddad a granddad yeah, grandson a- buddy up yeah I could see that working I guess Tom Holland is a hell of an American accent John Berntel mm. and Paul Rudd. Yeah. 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 Daniel Kaluuya and Tom Hardy. Definitely. 
Gritty London, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Prefer Kaluuya to Tom Hardy. Do you? Yeah. Tom I've Hardy's... Got, um, mm, we got he's, oversaturated I mean, he's with Tom Hardy. No, I know, I know. This, this is why the whole um, the whole James Bond thing, Tom Hardy for James Bond, is really pissing me off because he's too big for James Bond. And he, he Tom Hardy was... There was a point where me and you both really liked Tom Hardy because he was doing... I quite, can tell you the point it went bad. We, he was doing quite niche films and then suddenly he was fucking everywhere. I hated Legend. I knew you were going to say Legend, and I don't know. I don't know yeah, why this film yeah, was liked so much. Yeah, but it's right up your street. That's probably why you didn't like it because it didn't deliver what you were there expecting. There is no film that should be narrated from someone beyond the grave. There should be no point where the twist is that you know this person was killed, and yet they've been narrating the whole film. <laughs> I can't even remember the narration was. The woman is narrating the whole film. Oh, His missus. Oh, um. Ro- and then like Ron- three no, quarters red, of the red Ronnie's. Like three quarters of the way through we're at a grave. How were you narrating? Yeah, true. Yeah, see I can't really remember legend. I just remember the fucking shooter. I remember oh. that part in the pub. But I can't really re- and he he does that guy he does that guy in like a they're in the living room or something. I think he shoots him in the in the forehead or something like that. One of the first No, but you can't Tom Hart fucking the thing is Tom Hardy is an incredible actor, but he is just um I think he's suffered because Hollywood just chucked him in everything. One of the first Movie Madness podcasts we did, Jack said, you know, we were talking about people with range, and he was like, Tom Hardy. And I said, that's the worst shot ever. This guy has the opposite of range. He I plays disagree. the same role no. in every single no, film. No, no, I disagree. I disagree. He's Tom, Hardy, sa- Tom Hardy's got fantastic range. He's the same as Bane as he is as he Reggie Bron- Cray. Bronson, and yeah, yeah. No, he's got fantastic range. Um there's a film called Stuart A Life Backwards where he plays a homeless guy. It's incredible. Um, he's very, very good in Locke. He, <laughs> no, he is, the, the thing is, he, with someone else, you can good. let that slide. But he's good in Bronson. I, I watch it at the cinema with you, so I know your reaction upon leaving the cinema. So it doesn't work to just, just slide that in now. No, I, I, when I left, I was like, well, I wasn't expecting a man in a car on the phone for <laughs> no, an hour and a half. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is great. You can't say Tom Hardy's not a great actor. He, he is a great actor, but don't tell me he he's has doing. Range. He's just taking the he's taking the roles that make him money, which can't blame him for. Your man had a is he's very very lucky to be where he's at. Like. It would be like saying that Tom Holland has range. I've not seen Tom Holland enough to comment on it. I mean, he's the same guy as Spider Man. Is he's Uncharted? I've not seen Uncharted. I haven't seen the the one he's which he started. He's a in. short man child, and that is the roles he plays. Or do you know how Tom Holland started? Billy Elliot. Yeah, which is a short man child, right? <laughs> He's good at dancing. But no, Tom Tom Hardy, like he, if you look at his background of where he actually started, he's actually pretty fortunate to be still. Yeah, I watched an interview with him recently about. He used to like rob cars, and he, I think he got he did his initial and roles, shit. and then he thought he was going to be the big guy, and then it didn't happen, and mm-hmm. he went back to the stage, and then realised the value of yeah putting in the same performance for a hundred people as you do for a hundred million blockbusters. Yeah, exactly. I I quite like Tom Hardy. I just don't really want him as James Bond because I think he's too big for James Definitely Bond. Not. More chance of Idris Elba than Tom Hardy. Yeah, but no, he's he's all right. I just I. I like him as a celebrity. I think he's a good guy. If we just pause for a moment, you can get your snorkel, flippers, oxygen tank on, and on. we'll do a quick deep dive into <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's IMDb. Wait, hang on. Let me just take a deep breath. 
74 credits on his IMDb. Mm-hmm. All started, as you referenced earlier, with Marky Mark. Yep. We've got some Calvin Klein modelling in there. Yeah. His first movie role yeah, was... he's fucking jacked. His, his first movie role was a small part in The Renaissance Man, 94. He gained critical notice the following year in The Basketball Diaries, which TK has recommended to me, but I've not seen... I mean, he just kind of works steadily thereafter. He gets all the acclaim for Boogie Nights in 97. Yep. I think the first time I saw him was Planet of the Apes in 2001, where for years I was convinced it was Matt Damon. What the fuck is he in Planet of the Apes? The, the what? The old school Planet of the 2001. Apes. 2001. Which we've... Which he's, the lead, he's, the lead, he's the lead guy. I, I haven't seen that. I believe Spaceship Crashes on the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've not actually seen the old school Planet <laughs> And the there's... Apes. Um, there's a guy that looks like. Um, I've only seen the the, re- the recast ones with what's his name, Colin. No, they all look like um, Hermione Granger, where she has. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're in like actual cages, aren't yeah. they? They get captured in cages. Um, yeah, you've got the weirdly, Italian. Weirdly, I know the score for Planet of the Apes pretty well because <laughs> I did it at um, A Level Music. Those remakes, fantastic. The the last three, and they're doing another spin off. Um, you got the Italian Job remake in 2003, Four yep. Brothers in 2005, The Departed in 2006, where he gets a supporting actor Oscar nomination, despite being in only what percentage of the movie? Uh, Twenty, no, sixteen percent, six point one nine percent of the shit. movie, and he gets a supporting actor nomination. He is really good in the part. It's though. believed to be around fourteen minutes of screen time. Screen time when shit. he gets the supporting actor nomination. He is good in it though. He's yeah. when you think of that film. Like I, I mentioned that film earlier. Wahlberg's one of the ones that pops into your head, which is weird because there's some big hitters in there. Into the second round of the bracket. Um, good time to mention. I'm going to mention it tomorrow as well if you go to uh, Spitballing Pod on Twitter currently you'll miss out you don't have uh, Twitter I don't you can vote on all of the second round matchups including this one and what that will do we do our scorecards as you hear at the end of every episode the fan vote here will account for two points so if it's a tie if it's a close one that could be the big difference as to what goes through to the next round so if you have a look on there Give it a go and uh, let us know what you think. Happy tweeting. Following on then, so Shooter, I think, is where he starts to be the leading guy in these action films. So he's been the leading guy in uh, Planet of the Apes, but in these action films that we know him for now. Yeah. Uh, Shooter, he's the sole face on the poster. He's making moves. He's in The Happening, the horrible film that Charlie Sheen rips off in Scary Movie 3. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan who's yeah, bouncing, yeah. trying to bounce back after the village that gets absolutely battered flops terribly he then tries to bounce back again he turns to Max Payne that takes a battering too I haven't seen Max Payne The Lovely Bones he does in 2009 alongside Rachel Vice, and then in 2010 is where Wahlberg just finally gets in his bag he does Date Night the comedy with Steve Carell and Tina Fey He's playing a kind of hard-nosed detective in a comedy. Mm. He does the same thing in The Other Guys, another film that's in round two of this bracket with Will Ferrell. Deserved a sequel, actually. He kind of flicks... The Other Guys isn't... I swear that got a sequel, didn't it? No. Did it not? You might be thinking of The Nice Guys. No, The Nice Guys is... is, Russell um, Crowe and Ryan Gosling, also in round two of this bracket. No, um... 
The other guy is isn't he? He's the stepdad. That's that is that's that is her. That's them two as well, right? That is to them too, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he kind of flicks between comedy, action, and a blend of the two for the 2010s, and that's where he does his best stuff. He's got the fighter in there, which probably a bit more dramatic than the others. Contraband, yeah, Head, Bell. Broken City, Pain and Gain, Two Guns, Lone Survivor. He gets the Transformers job, oh, Ted yeah. 2, <laughs> Daddy's Home, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day, and then he's petered out a bit with Mile 22, All the Money in the World, Spencer Confidential, a time where you could not move without seeing Kevin Hart mm. with, I guess, just a significant white male actor. We go through Will Ferrell, or Mark Wahlberg. Or The Rock now, right? It's just the Kevin, Rock, Kevin yeah. Hart and The Rock. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got four movies in the works, and I'll tell you them now, and they all sound like... Any more Transformers movies? Well, there is, but it's not with really? him. Oh. There's a new. There's one out in like a month. I've I've lost track of Transformers movies, which is such a shame because I actually thought they were quite good. So the ones he has coming up: Arthur the King. Okay. Not King Arthur film. <laughs> I was say, um, do I need to watch this one? An adventure racer adopts a stray dog named Arthur to join him in an epic endurance race. <sighs> okay. Our man from Jersey. Right. Mike, a down-to-earth construction worker from Jersey, is quickly thrust into the world of super spies and secret agents when his high school ex-girlfriend, Roxanne, recruits him on a high-stakes US intelligence mission. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. The family plan. A yeah. former top assassin living incognito as a suburban dad must take his unsuspecting family on the run when his past catches up to him. That sounds the best out of the three so far, doesn't it? Well, wait. Wait just a second. Oh. <laughs> The Six Billion Dollar Man. Oh my god. Steve Austin, an Air Force pilot, gets injured in a plane crash. What do you think happens? He loses his two legs, right arm and left eye. Is this a dramatic turn for Mark Wahlberg? To help the government, they give him bionic limbs and a left eye. So it's just it's literally just a remake. (laughs) With which he has the ability to run super fast, have super strength, and see far distances. Did you say the six billion dollar man? Yes. Fuck off. Steve has to pay the six billion dollar bill for his new limbs, (laughs) so he agrees to work for a secret agency. Yeah, so it's a remake. I just... They want to be very clear here, this is not Robocop. Yeah, but it's, it's like the million dollar man, it's just the same shit. The, no, it's the six billion dollar yeah, man. I, some of these films, right? And I'm not taken away from the writers in Hollywood and where, whatever. But me and you could spend two weeks. I reckon in two weeks, me and you could sit down after work each evening, and we could come up with one of these plots. We could do it. Like we we could write one of these because some of them just sound absolute garbage, but they fucking sell. Like. A cop that does play by the rules, and it's just. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just so frustrating. But then they get these huge names in, and then suddenly the film becomes something. It's so frustrating. But in terms of what we do get in this film, they establish the chemistry with Denzel and Wahlberg early on in the diner. Yeah. Uh, it, It sells us in. It basically says, look. You got what you expected. Denzel is playing Denzel. Wahlberg is playing Wahlberg. Buckle yeah. up. You're going to get what you paid for. 
Yeah. What is, you referenced this earlier, not knowing I had the question coming up later, uh. your go-to breakfast? <laughs> we got pancakes uh. mentioned here. We've got eggs mentioned here. There's donuts. No, I'm going, um, I'm going my go-to breakfast. If I, What, if I was in a diner? Just like Cafe Royale and Brockworth. Just, you you wake up and you can go get the breakfast. My favourite breakfast when I'm back home home here is Cafe Royale and Brockworth. I know you've never stepped foot in it. And I go um, for, um, you don't know how disappointed I am because I thought you were going somewhere else. I go for a number two, which is two fried toasts, two eggs. Do you like fried bread? Two bacon, two sausages. Um and I also infamously I don't like beans. So I say cut the beans and they give me an extra sausage. I'm going to tell you right now, this makes no sense. It's insulting for a start. <laughs> because you've got the literal carvery. Yeah, I know. Yeah, about I know. five know, minutes know, from your door. And I was about to say, no. there are some people in this world that believe they're above a carvery breakfast. <laughs> Little did I know, I was sitting opposite. No, no, that's not fair. I went for a carvery just two weeks ago with my cousin and it was grand. There's nothing wrong with the carvery, but... And I'm going to throw one of your quotes back at you. There's no love in it. They mm. make all the bacon. They make all the sausages. They cook them up. They chuck them out there. They're gradually getting colder. And in the carvery, yeah, £6 for a unlimited breakfast. Grand. Really good Really good for money. But you're then paying £3 for an orange juice. Make it make sense. Well, you live five minutes away, so drink an orange juice before you leave. <laughs> You just, you just saved same. yourself for quid. It's not the same. There's no love in it. There is no love in it. Okay, I can appreciate Jimmy the, at the Cafe Royale makes it with love. I've actually, I just remembered something ridiculous about you as well. <laughs> how, how long you got? I remember in a summer holidays going You're to... You're going to talk about Subway? No. No. No? I remember going to Pizza Hut Buffet... You came with me, my mum, and my brothers. Why did that ever happen? Huh? Why did that ever happen? How old were we? Well, we would have been at least 17. If okay. We were 16 if we'd met. 16, yeah. And my mum, much like uh, your dad getting me a KFC, not sure if this was before or after, <laughs> said she'd get you a Pizza Hut buffet. Yeah. You decided you didn't want the buffet. <laughs> And instead, just ordered a pizza at the Pizza Hut buffet, which is the most ridiculous thing I've seen to this day. That it rings no bells. Maybe I've repressed it. And the, the pizza was up there. Yeah, I know. It was just a plain cheese pizza. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Clearly, wasn't in my right state of mind. But it, I also, I must have repressed it because I, I have no recollection of going to Pizza Hut with you, we, your mum and your brothers. We will ask my mum on the way out. Yeah, that's fine. Because I remember getting a look because you had ketchup with your pizza as well. Which I still I still do that. Mental. My brother does it as well. <laughs> I do still but do that. Going, but you could get that pizza up there and you're like, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll pay. I'll just want to get like, my own pizza. It's it just completely just knocked me off course. I can't remember the point I was making. Did you enjoy your meal? I think I enjoyed mine. Probably put me off a bit. Just imagine you sulking in the corner whilst I'm enjoying mine. Probably just put me off a bit. The the carvery breakfast. We've not had an international. Don't have an international tournament this year, which is a damn shame. The last 
two years, two of the best days, aside from the actual football, has been England, Friday night kickoff, day off work, Carvery, meet around 9am, have the Carvery, go back to mine, start from there. There are a few better ways to start your day than with a Yorkshire pudding with cheese and bacon <laughs> in at breakfast. I don't have their breakfast gravy. I mean... I agree the beans thing because for the England-Scotland game, yeah. we went there and we were on the other side of COVID, but... You know, Domino's still won't do a half and half because they claim, you know, we don't have things... What? We're working on getting this back. Because of COVID? It's... They stopped it for COVID if they not brought it back. Well, it's, it's nothing to do with COVID then. They Every- use it as an excuse. Yeah, I know, but a lot of places do it. Everything, everything's back to normal now. Um, I keep getting just outraged at things and it just keeps knocking me off from <laughs> Yeah, I know. We're, from where we're I meant going. to be doing a pod okay. about two guns. <laughs> okay. Clearly, there's so much to talk about. We're talking about the Breakfast. Kobe Carvery. There, and they had the guy like they were doing the Carvery that's serving things up for you. Yeah. Fortunately, there was a queue. I say fortunately... I saw the person in front of me say they wanted beans. Yeah. No regard for where he was placing them. Reckless abandon. Middle of the plate. <laughs> the guy did this, or the yeah. guy serving him. The guy did it. So you could self serve, isn't it? Yeah. It was. It was still buffet. In yeah. you tell him, give me yeah, hundred yeah. bacon. Yeah, yeah. The guy said, "I want beans," and it was middle of the plate. There's and no love in it. That was... There's no love in a Toby Carvery breakfast. It is just make as much as you can and chuck it out there. You go to... I'm telling you for a fact, and you've never even been there. You go to Jimmy's, Cafe Royale Brockhoff, on a Sunday morning, best breakfast you'll ever have. One of the best breakfasts I used to have. um, Breakfast hits differently when you're having it in the afternoon. Yeah, that's a brunch. Not even... This is the evening. Well, I don't know what that is. Madness. Well, Yunch. Like, yeah, like, like it's Irish. Yunch. <laughs> um, there was an Angel Cafe by the Emirates Stadium. Yeah. Reviews, horrible. Mm. <laughs> you, oh, well, there's things I won't say because I don't want to dog them up. I don't, um, I don't know what the reviews on Jimmy's are either, to be honest. But had a great, massive plate in there. Beans were on the plate, but you can create a little dam before things get too out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Only in, not a runny yolk, but other than that, great breakfast. And you're paying like a fiver. And if you want mm-hmm. a whole plate of chips, just extra £1.50 yeah. and they're going to give you that as well. Yeah. I just, I'm just so... You're just getting hungry. You know why? It's because we're Support recording this. local and the carvery is your local. This no, is- it's not. The carvery is not my local. Yes, the carvery is. is a chain. Jimmy's Cafe Royale is my local. The coverage. This is like if you were in London and you live in North and you start spotting Chelsea. Like not the same at all. Support your local. The Toby Carvery is a is a chain across the UK. Jimmy's is a single independent cafe, and on a Sunday they make a banging because it it's where people go. You go to the Carvery any other day of the week for and up the Carvery. Where does the Carvery make its money for a Carvery at lunchtime in the evenings? Go to Jimmy's for breakfast. If you're listening to this in Brockworth, Sunday morning. See you there. I swear, I swear the name of the place has changed three times in the last five minutes. It's Cafe Royale, but it's run by a man called Jimmy. So I call it Jimmy's. I don't know if you can trust a man named Jimmy. 
No offence to any Jimmy's listening. No offence, we used to have one on the podcast. Some wild, wild claims. I forgot where we were on that scene, but now the breakfast talk is well and truly uh, behind us. You got a lot of some. You can see what Wahlberg's doing there. He's going for the charm of Wahlberg in this one. Yep. See it kind of again in uh, Pain and Gain. I did enjoy him winking at the waitress and saying, "You take that with you." Yeah. Denzel saying it's okay. He was kicked in the head as a child. Mm. The fire alarm going off. Well, them setting it off. I remember going to the boxing with TK. I can't remember which fight it was. Um, I've been told that my snoring isn't very good. Your snoring in not very good in, in what sense? It, it's bad. Yeah, it is bad. <laughs> it, it is very good in terms of snoring. It's impressive, but it's bad for everyone else. And um, I remember waking up and the fire alarm was going off in this hotel in London. Yeah. And I woke up and TK was just nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and I was disoriented. Um, it's a nice hotel, but we were staying on a different floor. There was like a there was a below the um, front desk, like it was a floor below. Yeah. And while I, was, I was down there trying to find the way up and out, <laughs> I sent a text on my phone basically saying like, where the hell are I you? I couldn't take it anymore. And he was just walking around London like 6am because he just could not take my snoring. Oh, what? wait, anymore. this was this was prior to the fire alarm. Yeah, I woke he, up, the he fire j- alarm was going off and he was just gone. He just left. Oh my God. He'd gone hours yeah. before and I was disoriented as it is and they well, were just, I, just I've been there I've experienced it um, I've managed to sleep through it but obviously TK's a light sleeper I remember fire alarm how do we know that TK didn't set off the fire alarm <laughs> as he left a fire alarm going off at like um, school or work just seems fairly normal everyone just kind of is just mm. about business yeah no one takes any notice of it do they so when I've the been, fire alarm goes off, it's always, it's just a drill. I've been a fire warden in my last two jobs. Man oh, of authority, as you can see. Yeah, you just, yeah, you just like the high vis jacket, jacket yeah. Um, and people really do not panic. <laughs> no, no one cares, no. In the last very one, rarely people real, just didn't even bother leaving the building. No. So, one day that building will come down. Only time you're going to shit yourself and you hear a fire alarm is if you're in your own house. Let's be honest. Yeah, you hear we we hear a fire alarm now. We're fucking leaving. <laughs> but if you're sat in an office somewhere, you're like, oh, it's just a drill. A couple of other scenes because the scenes really do come down to it's Warburg doing Warburg and the other way around. Yeah, I'd never seen, or I mean, I'd seen the film before, but I didn't remember it. I'd never seen Paula Patton before this, and my first question was, where has she been all my life? And <laughs> Afterwards, I mean, Eva Mendes, Paula Patton, it's been a good week. Again, similar to Eva Mendes, she insisted that she be topless for this film. She said, if the whole scene is set up on the fact that my character just had sex with Denzel's, why would I have a top on? Yeah. And the director was like, okay, yeah, fair. fair. Yeah, that's true. Um, Are we sure it's these girls requesting this and not Denzel? <laughs> maybe it's Denzel, I don't know. Um. Yeah, un- unbeknownst to each other, we know that Bobby is an undercover DA agent, Stig is with the US Navy, and then we have the kind of moment that both of them realise they've been played. Um, yeah. 
Denzel tries to turn on Wahlberg, gets shot in the shoulder, and that plays up to the end of the big reveal of... I, know, I don't miss. When have you ever known me to miss? Yeah, I don't miss. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll just... Um, <laughs> Come on, Byron. Where, yeah. where are you going with <laughs> this? Just, You're distracted by the boobies. I was, I was You're, remembering the scene. Yeah, you are, um, yeah. Wahlberg shoots Denzel... And then says to Denzel, you tell me you're a no good two-timing. And Denzel's two-timing. What, mm. what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Um, and for Wahlberg's turn, it's actually such a film thing that you've got like the top guy in your organisation and you always just send the worst team with the most obvious tactics to try and take the guy out, sneaking up behind him with a black bag. <laughs> and this is like your most best guy in the team that you're sending out on co-op missions is this, is this the point where he escapes in like the desert yeah, yeah. He's, he's James Marsden speaking to him and he basically like, oh, I'm sorry we have to do it <laughs> James Marsden looks proper weird in this film doesn't he with the shaved head and he looks like overly skinny why he looks really skinny in this film if you're ever going to double cross someone in a film do you have to say I'm sorry, I have to do this. Before you do the act. Maybe do that after. That's something you've seen Austin Powers. Classic classic James Bond where they explain the uh, plot whilst he's tied to a chair. His getaway is great. I I thought a few Mm. of these scenes felt like video game sequences. Mm. Like There's the one where they reunite Stig's apartment and he's in Denzel's ear giving the instructions to hide it. That's very Call of Duty. There was a mission on GTA V on a ship where you had the sniper and you basically tell him, Mm. go here, go there. It felt a lot like that. Yeah, you, you get it on Call of Duty as well. You Call of Duty of, 4, I think. You're like hiding in the grass and you have to go to certain places. You kind of just get everything that you need. We've spoken before about having a checklist for an action film. And in this, you've got a car chase in the desert. You've got... <laughs> Does that have to be in the desert? No. But no, you, <laughs> a car got, chase, yeah. You've got explosions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got someone with their top off, which usually works in well with an action film. You've yeah. got... Guns, you've got just everything ticks off the Michael Bay checklist. Film, the yeah. big standoff at the end of it. Yeah. Um, money flying through the air on this occasion. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't think anyone. Why do you think it's called Two Guns? Because there's two guys with guns. Yeah, but there's, there's not, is there? At the end, there's significantly <laughs> more guns. There's probably 20 guns. Well, it's one of them. They were naming the film on a Friday afternoon. I guess so. Like, it just doesn't make much sense to me because Two Guns isn't a very appealing title to me. Because I said to you, like, I didn't think that I'd watched this film. So I watched it a couple of days ago and I said to you, like, I've not seen Two Guns before. I need to watch this before the pod. And then as, as I was watching it, I was like, I've watched this film before because I definitely have seen it before. Yeah, they were both just smashing films out around this time. But I don't know. It it does its job as we say. There's the there's the weird guy who's kind of the uh, just interrogating people who's playing Russian roulette. Like I don't really yeah. know what that whole thing He's was all the, about. The CIA boss. Yeah, you'd think he was like a mafia guy, but the actual mafia guy is like a little bitch compared yeah. to the CIA yeah, he boss. Was, he was very yeah. strange. That whole thing. Um, yeah. Quite a good idea to interrogate someone though. The Russian roulette thing. When he's like, don't put it to their head. Yeah, makes, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it does make sense um, because of films. Always the first one is never going to kill them. Exactly. One time it is, it's for that shock value. That scene's the scene where he's doing it to Denzel, though, where he holds it to his cock and yeah. then he, he pulls the Doesn't trigger finish. in it and then he, he like gives him that look and he's like, oh, yeah, like Denzel's just great and he, he's so good. In like a 
Tarantino film where they would play a Russian roulette and they'd go bang with the first bullet and they'd like be frantic like oh that wasn't supposed to happen yeah yeah in terms of the trailer shots like we spoke about last week I mean you've got the money shot at the end with the cash flying everywhere mm. um, the rolling in the desert and the, the one two three see you're making it hard for me to trust you yeah the yeah. whole thing with um, Paula Patton's character was quite strange in this where there's like she's got a secret boyfriend that he knows about but doesn't know about that turns out to be James Marsden and then she's actually betrayed him and but then still loves him yeah, enough I to still, not I still don't really get that so do, so he finds I mean spoilers he finds the money in the um, in the bed right in that yeah. motel but does she hide it there? yeah she's the one that hides yeah. it so then why doesn't she just when the um, the crime the drug lord um, the Mexican dude has has the gun to her head. Why doesn't he say that? Because she says, um, "Oh, he hasn't found the money at that point. He yeah, finds the she... money after." But she says, "Yeah, I know, I know, I know." But did, so why did what does she say? It, you're saying, I just don't get what what she's got taking that to the grave with her. She says and she's the one that double crosses. She says even if, in the first she place. said, "Even if I tell you, you're going to kill me anyway." So she's basically ensuring that he doesn't have the money, and she knows she's going to die anyway. Well, she fucked up there with the whole double cross, didn't she? That, was, yeah. that didn't play out well for her. She at wanted all. to make away with James Marsden, which I mean is a bad choice. James Marsden over Denzel, anyway. Yeah, you take Denzel, wouldn't you? Surely. I mean, not personally. Well, but... no, I think we can both pretty comfortably say that we go for Denzel over James Marsden. Yeah, I guess he's not Denzel in this. He's not the Denzel we know and love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Let's go on to the judging because okay. I mean, this was always going to be one heavily in the favour of training day in terms of two the guns. Breakdown. Let's let's just let's just make it very simple. Two guns doesn't really compare to training day, does it? No. So it is what it is. However, it's not a bad film. It's actually not bad. No. Um, which film did you prefer? Training day is better. Agreed. Which one's more rewatchable? Training day, obviously. See, I disagree with that. I would say... No, 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 no. No, no. I'm only saying this because, like I said, I didn't find Training Day that rewatchable. Two Guns, to me, is more rewatchable, only as background TV. Jesus. You know, in this, you know in the way that you put Friends on in the background? You haven't watched Friends. You just you just put some film on in the background if you're, if you're with someone. Best moment slash scene. Um, probably the... The the crackhead scene in Training Day or the Roger scene. I'm going for uh, the diner. Yeah. Best quote: Any part of Denzel's yeah King Kong bit. shoe program, twenty three hour lockdown. Yeah. Putting cases on all you bitches. Yeah. MVP is a tough one. Um, I think Den Denzel is the MVP. We as, do you have the rule that. If you die, technically you can't be the MVP. Mm. So I'm going to go Hoyt. Either way, it's trending day. Best side character. Hoyt. He's not a side character. No. Well, he's a side character to. He's joined. He's he's co-main. Okay. Um, I'll give you Roger. I'll give you <laughs> Snoop. I'll give you Dre. No. Side character. Um, 
I'll give you uh, Eva Mendes, which I think is what I no, want. No, no, no. Give me, give no. So I'm going to go for. I'll go for two guns if we're going for side characters. Give me the drug dealer, the uh, the Mexican. He's all right. I'm going Roger. Mm. I'm going Eva Mendes. I'll, I'll stick with my original take. Which film had you more on the edge of your seat? Training Day. Which film had more action per minute? That's arguably two guns, no? I'm going Training Day. Action per minute? It's like 20 minutes shorter. Mm. And after the first 10 minutes, we're cooking. Yeah, I guess. Best soundtrack? Training Day. Originality? Neither is particularly mm. original, so... Nah. Um, prob- nah, probably Training Day. Best opening scene? Training Day. Best ending? Training Day. Bigger impact? Training Day. Best chemistry? Training Day. It's a whitewash. It is. We knew it was going to be. Is 11 nil. Training Day is through to the next round. I can't tell you which films will be next week. Largely the fact they've not been done yet. We'll be straight into the last 16 next week. So as I said, if you vote on the Twitter page, that may contribute to which film goes through. Thank you for listening. That is the final matchup of round one. See you on the other side. Adios. Bye.